queens take over here for changing the game. All female ass kickers giving lumps to you lames. Carolina boss lady giving orders cause she run it like a freaking assassin. You won't even see it coming. Got the Texas sports queen repping Houston for days. She's the voice of freaking reason. Keep you stupid at bay. And lastly, it's the Jester Delaware is a home. Talking crap to Jolie, your brains might get blown. And you know Kat and Kayla both the rep in the South. So you ever disrespect, you might get smacked in the mouth. Three women, one vision, podcast with a mission. Leaving haters so pissed, they be stumbling and tripping. Trust me when I tell you, you don't want that smoke. All female trio will make you lose that hope. It's time, so turn it up, let's get ready to go. It's the Queen's Takeover, ladies, start that show. Queen's Takeover Podcast is sponsored by W Energy. W Energy is an energy and dietary supplement. Supplement contains coffee fruit extract and is a energy drink you can mix at home with no jitters and no crash. You can receive your starter sample packs, shakers, energy drink tubs. You got shirts, individual packets. Um, it contains all flavors such as beach and peach, which is a mango white peach cooler, which happens to be my favorite. We got Dragonade, um, Dub Sludge, Galaxy Grenade. You can get all this at w.gg and use the promo code QTBowDown to get 10% off your order. And that is w.gg QTBowDown for 10% off that helps support W Energy and your Queens Takeover. Hey, wrestling fanatics. We are live once again for another great episode. Um, as you all know, that's been with us for three and a half years. We absolutely love our independent brands um we do have a special guest today um compliments to rebecca he knows her as becky um i do work with her and she introduced me you know to this gentleman told me what he does because she found out about the podcast so she's like hey get him on talk to him you know so he works for five different wrestling promotions um his home his home one is in lima ohio which is uh, wrestling in respect He's also done Ohio Championship Wrestling in Akron, Ohio, Future Great Wrestling in Hamilton, um, now in Columbus area, and he's also Victory Championship Wrestling in, I'm going to go, I'm from West Virginia, but I'll probably butcher this. Is it McMichin, West Virginia? McMechon and, and Lima, Ohio, because Lima. it's Ohio and we don't pronounce anything the way it's spelled. Okay. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome in Mr. Corey Grant himself. How are you doing today? All right. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, Corey Grant. I uh, go by the evil genius of professional wrestling, Ripper Blackheart on the independent scene. If you haven't heard of me, Google it. You probably still never hear of me anyway. But <laughs> yeah, I'm very busy. I, I work for, uh matter of fact, I just had a show last night for... Uh, War Wrestling, Wrestling Respect, and we did uh, our annual Spin the Wheel Challenge, where we put all the guys that's on the event on a actual wheel. Fans pay money, buy tickets uh, for a chance to spin the wheel. We spin the wheel, wrestler one, wrestler two, go have a match. There's nothing pre, they don't get to put it together beforehand. Uh, they hear the name called, they go out. Well, as a tradition, 
um, of this podcast. We don't care who you are, everybody that comes on this podcast. We even did it as our first episode. How did you get into wrestling as a fan? Oh, as a fan. So my dad grew up watching wrestling, uh, got away from it for years. And I live in a very small town. Like it's cornfield, cornfield. Here's a little town, cornfield, cornfield. So it wasn't until like the late 80s before we even got cable television. And when we did get cable television, we got uh, Superstation TBS, which obviously showed the old NWA Crockett Promotions. Uh, Got ESPN that showed AWA World Class. My dad started watching it again. So I started watching it again. And I'm also a huge... uh, comic book fan and to me professional wrestling is just a live action comic book and i'm pretty sure that's what drew me into it it's the same reason like my favorite band is kiss to me kiss are rock and roll superheroes if when i was a small child i saw phantom of the park they all had superpowers in it thus drew me to kiss same thing with wrestling wrestling was a it was like watching a comic book come to life. You had good guys, bad guys fighting each other. Uh, the costumes. I mean, all, all that stuff. The Road Warriors. When the Road Warriors came out, you was like, whoa. It, it just opened up so many other. I I discovered Black Sabbath because of wrestling. Because the Road Warriors used to come out to Iron Man. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's pretty much got, got me hooked into it. Like I said, it just looked like a live action comic book to me. So, I've been... I've been hooked on it ever since. I don't like that explanation. I mean, that was, now that you think about it, comic books is, so. They follow the same trends. I like, I showed yeah. a lot of guys, If you, especially Girl. if you look back into the 90s, like the, the most popular superstar in the 90s, hands down, was Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's very much an anti-hero. He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. At the same time, in comic books, they they got a little bit dark and like the most popular comic book at the time was Spawn, which was a guy who died and went to hell and came back <laughs> with powers. But every time he uses his powers, it gives his demon, makes his demon stronger. It's the same type of trends. They follow the same type of trends. You know, when, when wrestling was getting hammered for being too dark and being too raunchy and all that, they, they kind of toned stuff down And same way with comics, comics, you know, parents started complaining about how dark comics were. Start turn around. They follow the same trends. That's why I, I I see the correlation so much. Pat, <laughs> all right. First of all, I back. I I echo Kayla's sentiments, and I love the explanation because that is the first time I've ever heard a reference to that. And second, it's just like, how do you keep all your job straight? Is beyond me, especially with five different promotions. <laughs> yeah, because I do a lot of different things. Like uh, at war. At one time, I was even part owner of War. Uh, that's actually how I got into the business was I started setting up. I would set up and tear down and you know, uh, do the poster, the road the street team, hang posters mm-hmm. and all. About third show in, I went to the first show. We went to the first show, me and some buddies. Uh, I emailed them afterwards. said, uh, hey, uh, we was at the show. Uh, and at this time I was doing my own comic book. So I knew a whole bunch of artists. 
And uh, between me and my brother, we knew like a dozen rock bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I asked them if they needed like original music or artwork, I could probably hook them up. Okay. And the owner, Tom Williams, says, uh, we need to talk. Here's my number. Uh, give me a call this day. First phone call I have with this guy. I don't, I haven't never seen this guy. don't know this guy, nothing. I'm on the phone with him for three hours. <laughs> Love it. So from then on out, that's what I do. I'm helping set up. I'm selling tickets. I'm doing all that. The third show, he had three other business partners. They backed out. They decided they didn't want to do it. They didn't like how things were being done. So he said, hey, you ever want to be a part owner of a wrestling promotion? So I got me and three of my friends, and we took their place for probably a good three or four years. And eventually people move away and whatnot. And Tom Tom had uh, about, when he discovered he had diabetes, it was, uh, he had to take time off. One of the other wrestlers took over. He kept me around, even though I wasn't a partner anymore. Tom came back. They kept me around. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's been 20 years and I'm still doing this stuff. So, yeah. So at war, I'm like, I'm part of creative. Uh, I, I manage, I do color, co- like I had to do color commentary last night, mm-hmm. which uh, that's how I started. Uh, what else do I do? i I'm going to be uh, part of the booking coming up. More, I've always been part of the booking, but I'm more so. I'm going to get a lot more responsibility at that because uh, Tom's got another side business that's taken off and taken up his time. And then when I I go to OCW right now, I'm just managing. But for like a year, I was the agent. Okay. For him, so. Uh, the owner, the actual owner of it, wouldn't let the guy who runs it, which is uh, No Shane Jimmy Shane, he is dragging that thing along, the you know, doing everything he can to keep it alive. But the owner wouldn't let him book uh, two managers, and uh, a guy he's, he's kind of like a protege, more or less of mine. He says uh, his name is Agent Nick Hahn. And we were trying to get Nick some more work. And the guy who was being the agent, OCW, decided he didn't want to do it anymore. And Jimmy's like, would you mind taking over the agent role so I can book Nick so Nick can get some work? I'm like, yeah. So for like two years, yeah, about two years, I was being paid to just watch matches and tell guys how they screwed up. So I was like, twist my arm. Ow, ow. Okay. So I've done that. I've I've had the ring announced before that's at a couple of different places when they fall short of right. people. Uh like I said, I got my start color commentary. Uh New Ohio, I help out wherever. Okay. Every once in a while, you know, uh, Donnie and Terry Hoover own New Ohio Wrestling in the Columbus area. Uh I'm mainly just managed, but if if they need something, they come to me, they ask, I do what I can. And then uh victory changing championship wrestling. It's just over a year old. Uh it's in uh that's the one in West Virginia and Beastman runs that and he has been giving me a little more responsibility here and there because uh he knows I want to help. Uh he needs the help. 
and he knows uh-huh. I won't BS him on stuff like uh like I'll show up and he's like, Hey, can you here's my promo list? Can you make sure these guys get promos done and whatnot? Last time he's like, Hey, can you time matches? Guys keep going over on times. Can time matches and whatnot. So that's what I did last show on okay. top of it, on top of managing my tag team there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I done a lot of stuff. I've tore down, I said <laughs> I've I've tore I've set up rings, I've tore down rings, I've done I've been the hard cam guy. I've sold merch. I've done pretty much everything there is to do on a wrestling show. I've, they've even, some idiots have even put me in matches, which I hate it when they do that, (laughs) but I I do what's asked of me because that's, that's my job. Right. Paying me. And, uh, they never put me any in there with anybody who's unsafe or is going to hurt me. So. Okay. That's, wow. that's basically what I do. <laughs> well, you went through like all the jobs and like, how you got started, but it's like, when was that one moment you realized you wanted to get into the business? Because it's like, there's one part to be a fan and everything. And then it's like, oh, I want to be part of that somehow. So what well, was that one moment? You always, as a kid, you always wanted to be a wrestler. Always. I mean, always. And I didn't even know, like, I lived 20 minutes away from Lima, and I had no idea Al Snow had a wrestling school there, right? Never. It wasn't until after I went to the first ever war wrestling show, and I started learning all this stuff. And uh, by this time, though, I'd already watched, uh, have you, you've seen the documentary Beyond the Mat? Mm-hmm. All right, so the the scene with Terry Funk going to the doctor? And telling him about his knee, he's like, you've got no cartilage in your knee. He's like, will it ever get better? He's like, no, you should be in constant pain right now. I'm like, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Uh, Maybe I'll take like a Vince Russo job, but not suck. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So that was, you know, so then when the opportunity presented itself with Tom, Mm -hmm. There was another wrestling. I can't even remember what the wrestling promotion was in Columbus, but they were on like the local TV station out of Columbus. And okay. I reached out to them about helping out and never got anything back at all. And of course, I understand, you know, it's just some random guy, whatever. But we went to the first war show and they had contact information in their little programs. They gave out these free programs with pictures of wrestlers so kids can get autographs and whatnot, but they had contact information. And I contacted Tom Tom through email. And like I said, he told me to call him and I started helping out. Third show. Hey, you want to be part of a wrestling promotion? Sweet. Uh, really? I mean, so I took that and then Probably within the first year. So I would always sit in the gorilla position with Tom once I became a partner. I was, I used to sit out in the crowd. I sat out in the crowd for a little bit, but then Tom started having me come in the back. And to entertain myself, I would just do commentary to myself. We didn't have commentary. When war first started, we went three years without any titles at all. Really? Wow. Showing up just to watch the wrestling because it was good wrestling. We had no titles for like three years, not a single title. Uh, so I would sit in the back there with Tom and I'd do my, to entertain myself, do my own commentary. So one of the wrestlers, Dusty Dillinger, he's like, well, I'm going to get us on TV 
and we'll pay for a you know TV. This tells you how old this was. Uh, it was on a UPN on like, <laughs> on, like that's a, old school. Like Sunday mornings on UPN, and uh, Dusty was going to be one of the hosts. And one of the DJs that we knew there in town, he was supposed to be the other, but he got a different job. He was out of town. And Tom's like, use Corey doing this Ripper character that he's come up with. That they used me a couple of times doing in-ring, like Piper Pit type interviews, where I was mm-hmm. just a jerk to okay. whoever was there. So started doing that. And we were, I was doing the color Dusty was doing the play-by-plays, and then next thing you know, we're doing DVDs, and they're bringing in other guys. I've commentated with probably four or five different guys, and finally, wow. like the main guy I was there with for a while, uh, his work name is Michael McCormick. Is Michael Hearn? He's a sportscaster okay. uh, area, and I got the, the one guy they had me with. Uh, he was a four. Former wrestler, and Tom's like, I hate the sound of his voice. <laughs> Got Hearn, Michael Hearn here, who comes to the shows all the time. He's a sportscaster. He's local. He's one of our referee's best friends. Let's try him out. And uh, the first couple times, he was it was very robotic because calling wrestling isn't like calling a football game or a baseball game, mm-hmm. uh, but rhythm and. Uh, we got so good that we'd set each other up for stuff without even thinking about it. It would just, it would just flow uh, naturally. He he's probably one of my favorite guys I've worked with uh over the years. But I, they throw me in with a lot. Like when FGW first started, I was doing that a lot for them. Uh, color doing the color commentating just because Cody Hawk was running it. He knew I could mm-hmm. do it. Uh, he was breaking in some other people trying to get them uh, to do it and all that. So, yeah, that that was a good part of it, that. And then that turned into a managing thing with the storyline with uh, Steve Stone and wow, War Wrestling Guys wow. interviewing And I was being a jerk, <laughs> asking questions, like, wait, microphone away, and he goes, hey, how about the second time you do that? I just clotheslined the ever-living hell out of you. And I was like, because I'm not – here's another thing. I am a – nobody's going to be able to do what I do at the level I do the way I do it because I'm not a trained wrestler. Most managers have to go get trained. It is, it is unheard of for someone like me to do the stuff that I've done, but I've picked up a lot of stuff over the years. Like, so I'm like, uh, sure, Steve. I was like, but, uh, I'm not, trained he's like oh don't be a prima donna and he used some more colorful language <laughs> and uh i was like all right i said i just didn't want my kid look like crap you know what i mean uh gotcha so i'm in the back and i i'm telling tom he goes well i'm gonna show you i'm gonna show you just how you take a back boom. oh yeah everybody knows big tom does a big tom impersonation i'm one of the very few that can do it to his face <laughs> but <laughs> Like just took your chin and then throw your hips back and so I did. I did that. He closed on me. Did bump and then next thing you know, it's a storyline. I'm bringing guys in. I put a bounty out on Steve Stone. I'm bringing <laughs> in, take him out. Nice. And now I'm a manager. 
Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Everyone's got a different story. (laughs) (sighs) All right. I'll shut up because I know Jolie wants to get in here. (laughs) Well, all right. So you're bringing up pop culture for a minute. And I, there is a very big giant pop culture reference when it comes to Lima, Ohio. Do you get a lot of glee jokes? Uh, not as much as you would think. We have a wrestler. Well, actually, I mentioned him earlier. Jimmy Shane. Jimmy Shane was a huge. He loved that show. Uh, he's from the Akron area, right? But uh, so he 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 claims to be from Backstreet USA. But he would always make Glee references and stuff when he was being a heel and promo. Like he loved Glee. Uh, yeah, but it's odd. We don't. We don't. You would think people would jump all over that, and they haven't. Uh, especially wrestling wise, it pretty much most of it goes back to being Al Snow stuff. We get we get a lot of Al Snow references. Uh, yeah, but that show I'd watch that show and I'd lose my mind because Westerville. If if you know the one guy, he plays the Flash now. He was from Westerville, right? And he was always just showing up there like it was a fifteen minute car ride. That's an hour away. Westerville is an hour away. And then every time the one girl would say, uh, Lima Heights adjust- adjacent, I'd be like, that's not a place. That doesn't exist. There's no Lima Heights adjacent. You would be in Shawnee. Shawnee would be more accurate. But yeah, no, you, you would think, but how wrestling fans are. But no, I actually, I, I, I've never been asked that either. I'm surprised nobody's ever brought that up. Uh, I'm a giant nerd, and I used to love Glee, so... Um, but I understand that, like, because when they were do shows about Philadelphia or Delaware, like, yeah. I'm like the same fucking way. Um, they'll put the because Pennsylvania and Delaware are they one of the only two states, only few states that actually only has one license plate on the back, and every show has it on front and back. I'm like, you fucking morons! No, yeah, it's not that hard to look up. Exactly. But all right, now that I got that little nerdy question out of the way, um, so this is twofold. So what's the craziest match you have been in and what's the craziest match you have witnessed or put together? All right. So the craziest match. Well, uh, not so much like the actual matches that I'm um, in the match with. None of those were too crazy. Uh, One was a tag, which they didn't tag me into the end. And all I had to do is stomp a guy and pin him. Uh, I was okay. So here's a couple different ones. Uh, we had the one here last December. It was a tables match, <clears throat> and uh, you can find some of this on Botchamania <laughs> for VCW. But I, that's my first ever in 20 years going to a table, and the table was supposed to be set up right behind me. But it wasn't. It was off to the side, and it was facing instead of going like this way, it was that way. And I'm like, if I just fall straight back, I'm just cracking my head. So I do the old all shoulder. My shoulder's still messed up from that. So my it was me with my tag team, the wise guys. Brutal Tommy Irish. He goes. He's already. We're facing the Rad Boys. He's already gone through table. So now she's Gino DeCapo. And the world's strongest table. Seven different times they tried to put Gino through this table. And you can find it on Machamania. And that ta- the commentators are putting over this table, calling it the Undertaker of tables. And 
all of this. And finally, Gino's like, get the other table. <laughs> and they go through it. Uh, so that was most recent. Other than that, Another more recent one, right? One of the last couple of FGW shows. They haven't been, they lost their building. They haven't found a new one yet. I don't even know if they're going to start back up. But somehow, I wound up in the world title match for them. Against my former uh, client, uh, Ryan Michaels. But I had to catch. He had to have his hands handcuffed behind his back. The whole match. Because I wasn't a wrestler. So I had that match. But the the biggest payoff ever is I was in a three-year feud with a guy named Dark Star Matt Taylor. Where my whole goal was to put him out of wrestling. And it started off. It started off. Uh, we didn't plan it. Just everywhere we went, I'd be like, what am I doing tonight? Your mansion so-and-so, he's going against Matt Taylor. So it was like when we pitched it to Tom, I'm like, hey, how about this storyline is I'm trying to put Matt Taylor out of professional wrestling. And I start a whole group. So we start this whole group. We have like a cage, team cage match, stipulation. Well, the first time it was, uh, I was managing the guy who was the champ. And he had a... They had a match. It was fans bring the weapons in a cage. If Matt Taylor won, he got the belt and he got five minutes alone with me in the cage. He wins. I try to get away. Guys go to put me in. Here's the start of my new group that nobody knew about. They come and save me. I slammed the door in Matt Taylor's face. I spit on him. I think the crowd's going to come over. The guardrail would come get me. Not that when I spat at him, that's when they lost their shit. Uh, they was like, ah. So uh, we do a whole year of this. And then the next year's a team that he gets his five minutes alone in the ring with me. I'm getting thrown against the cage. I'm getting hit with chairs. I'm getting the the stomp in the back of the head onto a chair. Uh Yeah. That that was a long that that happened almost every year. Someone getting five minutes alone in the ring with me. Uh, big German tank got five minutes alone with me, beat me mercilessly with a chair. I got a black eye from Chris Hall when he got five minutes alone in the ring with me. So stuff like that, yeah. Uh, one of the craziest matches I ever saw. It was a cage match, and it wasn't so much the match as was what happened in it was. It was Dusty Dillinger and uh, our first ever world champion passed away, Sweet Stevie Lee. And uh, they go out of the cage and Dusty Dillinger sets Stevie Lee on a table and then climbs up to the very top of the cage. Jumps off. Stevie Lee moves off the table. Dusty lands on the table and the table don't break. It's kind of like which happened a few times, but that I've seen it happen several times. The table don't break, but that, that height from the very top of the cage, that was just like, you know, just that you hear the splat of the, the flesh hitting the wood and nothing happening. It was, it was awful. That that's probably the worst I've ever seen. Where did you get these tables from? I said, yeah, Right. I, I, another guy I know, Robbie Starr, so he's on a war show with us, and they got a, they're having a table match between tag team, and table doesn't break on him, and then the very next week 
he's at OCW in a, in a tables match in a singles match, and the table didn't break on him there either the first time. <laughs> Two weeks in a row, he got it. A 20-minute match turns into four hours tables match because they cannot break the table. <laughs> you see that one in Botchamania, and I'm playing dead. So I'm going, I go to this other show later, and these other guys have watched it, and they're like, how did you let that keep happening? And I said, I had no idea what was going on until we got to the back. None at all. Until they start telling me about it. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, Gina's like, fine. I'm like, do you see it? For my God, you see the other table. And what was funny is that was the table I was supposed to go through originally, and Gino swapped them out. So I would have died. Good Lord. Yikes. Okay, so because of AEW, we have the whole forbidden door mantra. Two different promotions working together and stuff like that. So I know that you're a part of like numerous promotions and everything. So if you were to set up any kind of like forbidden door show for any any of your promotions, pick one. Uh, like who would you bring in for it? Uh, you talking indie or like the big ones? You can do both. I it is free for all. We're always trying to do and. It, it gets steam every year and then fizzles out of a big Ohio super show because there's so many promotions and so many guys that come through Ohio over the years. Uh, oh, I don't know. It's, it's, I really don't keep up with WWE much anymore. They lost me as a fan way before AEW started up. Okay. Uh, I watch yeah. AEW pretty regularly. Uh this is a hard question because there's so much great talent out there. For real. I, you know, with the light being shined on uh, and more and more over the years. Uh, I don't, I think there's some neat little matchups you could. I'd, I wish Private Party, the other guy wasn't hurt. I'd love to see Private Party versus uh, the Street Kings in a match. I think that okay. would be... I think that almost would be something like watching the Midnight Express and Rock and Roll Express back in the day. They got similar gimmicks. You know okay. what I'm saying? But, uh, oh, man. Rollins and Moxley. I mean, of course. That would be money. Uh, <laughs> Omega showing up at WWE would just probably break the internet. <laughs> For real. And that, or any major guy, like I said, uh, you know, if any of those came the other direction, uh, you know, imagine Uso showing up, take on FTR. I mean, I do believe FTR is the best tag team in the world right now, but the Usos in WWE, to me, there hasn't been a tag team to touch the Usos in like 20 years. They, they, they have been the tag team. In WWE, they pretty much have been keeping the tag team division afloat. Just them. Uh, you have how many of them have come and went, and the Usos are still there. I mean, that's a ooh, that's just so. We could probably go all day going back and forth doing something like that. I mean, right? It, it'd be interesting. It'd be real interesting. That I know W. AEW gets more of the 
New Japan guys, but I'd love to see like a guy like uh, Osprey or Saber show up in WWE and uh, especially on NXT because them guys wrestle the same type of style as AEW. Mm-hmm. Right. They were to show up there. I think that would be something. Okay. Someone, I, I read a tweet. Someone just called out Rollins. I forgot who it was. Uh, I I forgot. I had to go find the tweet and everything. So, um, speak. I mean, speaking of like the big ones, like WWE, AEW, like Impact, New Japan, and everything. Has there been anyone from any of the promotions that you've been involved with that have now gone up? Or oh yeah, I'm a, I'm like a uh the Highlanders. I was scheduled to manage the Highlanders at war right before they got signed. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. I just hung out with Rory a couple months ago. Uh, Aww. So, yeah, Rory McAllister is such a good dude. Robbie's cool. Robbie uh, Robbie's actually lives in Canada. Uh, Rory lives in the Cincinnati area. Okay. Uh, yeah, I love Rory McAllister to death. Uh, Sammy Callahan, when he was in school, Ooh. used to be a backyard promotion just down the road from me. Oh, wow. His buddies found out my wife was working at the local diner here in my town and brought a videotape of their back stuff to give to me to watch. That's dedication. That's how I met Sammy Callahan, and I've known him ever since. Uh, ever since then. Okay. Uh, just started up a new school in Dayton. Uh, wrestling school. Uh, let's see who else have I worked with that went on? I didn't work with her very much, but Jillian Hall was there at the beginning of war. Sadie's mm-hmm. McKaylee's. Uh, I was actually on a show with Seth Rollins when he was Tyler Black. I've been on shows with Moxley when he was first starting out. Uh, nice. Oh, uh, there's some more. I know there's so many. I've been on shows with Rhino. I've been on shows. Uh, oh, Zach, uh, the one-legged kid. Gallon. Zach Gallon actually came to our shows when he was starting out. Uh, I called one of. Uh, uh, I'm getting so old. I get hit in the head a lot. I'm missing a lot of names here. Uh, Danehausen. I called one of Danehausen's first matches. Okay. He was uh, trained by Truth Martini up in Michigan. Truth Martini off trained with Al Snow. So uh, we booked him for a war show. It's one of the first one, one of his first shows. Doing that, I got to call that match. Uh, yeah, that's there has been quite a bit that I've seen nice. off uh, like that. But yeah, for every guy that gets signed, you wonder why this guy didn't. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. For it's, real. There's so much out there. That's why it's no different than any other athletic sport or anything like that. There's, you know, there's tons of guys that are, you feel just as good as this guy. He didn't get signed. Why did he? Same way with the wrestling. There's so much, especially here in the Midwest, in the Ohio, Michigan, Indiana area. There's a lot of really solid talent, and some more of them is getting looked at. But yeah, those are the most rare. Like I said, Moxley was. I was on shows with Moxley. I was on shows with Tyler Black, Seth Rollins. Uh, 
Oh, I'm sure there's others, but the Highlander, like I said, I still, the Highlander, the cool thing about the Highlanders is, okay, so they're signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, pay-per-view on Sunday in Cleveland. We had a show in Lima on Saturday. They come to the show in Lima just to hang out with us in the back. Aw. That's who they are. That's that's the Highlanders. Awesome. It's like it's like even though they're signed to WWE, they never forget their roots and where they started from and everything. So that is like fantastic to hear. He never, like I said, Roy never forgot my name. Anything like when I was soon as he said, "Hey, Ripper, how you doing?" And of course, every other word out of Roy's mouth is f bomb. Like every <laughs> word. Uh, he used, I guess at one time, was it Best Buy he was working at? And one of the other wrestlers was working there too, Ed Gonzalez, and Rory was his boss. And he's like, Rory, you got to stop saying fuck to all the customers. <laughs> he's like, oh, they don't fucking care. They'll fucking love it. <laughs> love the accent. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, boss lady. Why me? I'm just kidding. Um, hey, no, it's okay. I'm just kidding. Um, no, any more other questions? Because I don't. I mean, you, Jolie, you have anything else you would? Well, thank you so much, Corey, for coming on here, sharing your story, and just filling um, us in. Anytime, like I said, I love doing podcasts. I love. I I can talk about professional wrestling especially independent professional wrestling all mm-hmm. day so can we for real so if you ever want to come back on and just you know fill out um you got me on facebook just reach out and we'll definitely get you back on here you know talk more into indie wrestling because like you know kat said we love we could talk about it all day some of our you know guests um huge independent wrestlers, you know, branch now, um, Tiffany Nevins, Jay Bougie, you know, bunch of them, they've been on here. So if you ever just want to come back, your invitation's open. Or should I say the door is open? (laughs) Hit door. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, like, you you should honestly reach out to Jay Bougie because he would bring a spark that you would would definitely think that you're seeing probably one of the – newest up-and-comers i mean and you all you have to do is pay him in diapers and baby food right now yeah he's yeah he said that the other day he said on twitter he said it's time valuable for podcasts and everything so it's like two boxes of do- diapers and a thing of wipes is his uh feet <laughs> <laughs> yeah trust me i know that stuff gets expensive but yeah i will definitely come back anytime you ladies would l- love to have me Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. It's like, talk about somebody with a history in wrestling. It's like, that, I swear, I don't know how he keeps his job straight. It's like, more props to him. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean. Man. I mean, when the lady at work talked about him, you know, I didn't realize, you know, so much what he does. And it was just like, ooh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, so much history, so. Exactly. Oh, man. 
Well, speaking of recent history, I've been saying this for weeks, that one NXT Women's Champion, Tiffany Stratton, has a death wish. And, um, yeah, she may have been off a little more than she can chew because she poked a very big bear in the form of the man, Becky Lynch, because this Tuesday on NXT, she will be defending the Women's Championship against Mm -hmm. Becky Lynch. The one championship Becky does not have could make her a Grand Slam champion. So, let's see here. Kayla. So, is Becky getting the title on Tuesday, or are we going to have some kind of DQ shenanigans finish, and it's going to be a rematch at No Mercy? Oh, Lord. Um, I don't see her winning it then. I mean, if she does, I'd be even more wonderful. Um, because, oh, fuck. Excuse me. Damn, wait. Falcons just tied it at 10. Anyway, sorry, people. Watching football. You know it's kind of football season. Um, <laughs> anyway. Tiffany Stratton's the kind of person I just don't like. Um, I don't know. She just, I guess you can say she just does nothing for me. And I feel like, you know, she really, I mean, yes, it's NXT. NXT is its own brand alone. But I feel like she's not to the level that she needs to run the women's division quite yet. Um, So, unfortunately, I don't think I see Becky winning the title. If she does, like I said, that'd be great. If she, um, If not, it's going to end up being a match at No Mercy. And I will see her, I can see her winning the NXT championship because... We all that don't know, she is literally won every title except for the NXT Women's Championship, and she's the only horsewoman that has not. So I believe, you know, this is her chance of having that opportunity. Um, She deserves it. You know, add it to her title reigns. And does she need to have it very long? No, she don't. But, you know, just to... Knock Tiffany down a few notches. Um, make her presence back in NXT where she got her roots and made history, and she'll make history again. Um, just like Finn Balor that, you know, trained her when she first started out. What did he do? He went back down, became a two-time NXT champion, put on some hell of a good matches, went up against, you know, Karrion Cross, put on a good match, made me... Didn't know who to choose between that match. And I even that little meet and greet I had with him, uh, Finn, I told him, you know, I said, this is hard for me. I love both. But if I had to choose, it had to be you. But, you know, part of me knew Cross was going to win because mm-hmm. of the storyline and stuff. So it's and honestly, you know, we I believe whenever she does, like I said, Tuesday, great. Feel good moment. No mercy definitely a feel-good moment um so hopefully becky gets that opportunity because heck it's the only title she hasn't won she's already won the tag titles she's been smackdown women's champion when it was there raw women's champion she's won royal rumble um was in the first ever last woman standing match you know she's she's made history and this is the other part of history that she needs to add to her resume so uh all right, Jolie, let it rip. Nah, she said everything. Kayla said everything. 
uh, Stratton needs her ass handed to her. Um, she's too cocky for her own good, but I do think there's going to be shenanigans, but I just want Becky to pin her and then just throw the title at her. That's it. She's like, I just, I just wanted to show you that I'm better than you. But in all honesty, I don't want, I, I just, I, I don't care how short, if she, I just want her to get it. And then I want her to focus on Rhea. Because I'm so sick and tired of Rhea just doing what she's been doing. And I need Rhea to lose the title. I need Dom to lose his title. And I need um, those tag titles off of the Judgment Day. I'm I'm, I'm so... What? Excuse you. <laughs> Look, I already have a prediction. I saw somebody say it online and I agree with them. That Finn has the contract. And JD, that uh, Priest doesn't. He swapped out the contracts when they when, when he they did. when he took the contract and put it in there. They were saying that wasn't the contract. They're saying it was a fake. And Finn has the real Ooh. contract. Ooh. Ooh, Look, that would that would that would be crazy. <laughs> okay, fine. I would rather them take one of the tag titles off because I don't think it's fair. I even said that before with the Usos and Kevin and Sam. Sammy, yeah. I don't want all the titles on people. I want other people to have titles. I don't even when Bloodlight had it all. It's not fair. It's not right for all factions to have all the titles. I, I think it's it's egregious and it's just not 100% you know, fun for fan bases. I mean... When it comes to Rhea and Dom, and um, uh, quick quick side note. Hey, Dom, I will call you a bitch to your face. I don't give a fuck about what you say. You are a bitch. I'm not a keyboard warrior. I'm not a microphone warrior. You are the world's biggest bitch who can't do a goddamn thing without mommy wiping your ass. And I will say that to your face because you, you called people out online. I know you're being a heel. Well, here's me being a heel right back. You a punk bitch who can't do shit without mommy. Okay? Okay. Have a nice fucking day. Um, like I saw that on Twitter or uh, TikTok, and I'm like, you know what? Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm calling your ass out. I'm, I'm like, And I would do that for any wrestler, but it's just... Rhea's storyline right now with Dom makes her look weak. Mm-hmm. It really does. Charlotte never needed anybody. Becky never needed anybody. Sasha, Bailey, Bianca, Asuka never needed anybody. Technically, EO doesn't, but you know Bailey's scheming on the side. But, you know, it's Shayna really never needed anybody, even though she had her little horsewoman on the side. And it's just, but the thing was, those were women, not a guy. And to me, having him interfering brings down the women's title and brings down the prestige of the women's title. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like Stratton has improved. I mean, but it's like I don't really see her as the future as of yet. Um, so it's like, like I would love for Becky to take the title off her, whether it be Tuesday or at No Mercy, and help uh, bring up the women's division a little bit more, and then let her let her lose it after that. Not to Stratton though, but to somebody else. Oh shit. Okay, speaking of NXT. I was going to say, speaking right. of breaking news. Oh, what, what breaking news? 
two hours ago, WrestleMania.co.uk posted Zilla Fatu, Umaga Sun, and Reality of Wrestling have parted ways to the irreconcilable differences. Already? Whether that's true or not, I mean, this is a dirt sheet, but their question is, how long will we see him in the WWE? And I'm thinking, bring him now and put him with Solo. That would be fast, because he just made his debut. But it's like, he's, but I've seen this man in person. It's like, wow. They They got wrestling rings in their cribs. Yeah, for real. It's like ridiculous. I swear to God. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. Very sorry. Back, back back to you. My bad. My bad. No worries. No worries. All right. Uh, speaking of NXT, WrestlingInc.com tweeted out this quote, tweeted this out from the Righteous Dutch. I, I looked him up. He, apparently he was in developmental like a while back and everything. But this is like something we've argued about, not argued about, we've had to address on this show before because him saying, like, no major stars have been made from scratch in WWE NXT. Oh! <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! Bianca Belair is your all number four one. Horse wi- for all four horsewomen. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying that people that did not have wrestling experience at all until NXT, Bianca fucking Belair. Gotcha. 100%. She came in and busted her ass to get to where she's at. But yes, you do have the horsemen. You do have the likes of Roman Reigns, who didn't really wrestle until he got into FCW and NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, the Street Profits. You know, there, there's so many people that have been created through NXT. So um, y'all can suck my dick when it comes to that bullshit. Hell, even look at the two that just came up on the Raw and SmackDown roster. Grayson Waller? Fucking fantastic. Zoe Stark? Fucking fantastic. <sighs> Man. Kayla, you want to add anything to that? I mean... Everyone was built. Honestly, I don't even think um, Roman even had a chance to go all the way through NXT to even build himself. Um, Because considering, you know, it was not even too long that they were both saying, hey, you're going to become the Shield. You're going to be Ambrose Rollins and Reigns, and you're going to main roster debut here. So talking about someone, you know, having to build, I mean, majority of everybody in the wrestling world today can probably admit that, Roman Reigns sucked as sucked as a promo, sucked on the microphone. Um, but you know he's changed so much over the years in NXT or not. Even if they do come to the main roster, they're going to build themselves in a way that we'll never imagine. And and I'll state this before, like when Cross came in, he was built through the Indies and he went through. Um, Impact, he went through Lucha Underground, um, came into NXT, dominated down there, got sent to the main roster, got killed in the main roster because of the little gimmick they had. 
and then he went back and surfaced the indies and then came back and got the debut and build up that he should have where he's at now. I couldn't answer that, but um, on a side note, um, I have a feeling I know what's going on with him. He's, he's still kind of torn up about the whole Bray Wyatt thing. So he's taking it really hard. Um, But he's been having dark matches though, but it don't matter, you know, the character and stuff like that, you know, everyone's going to eventually be built up because Heck, I'll even jump to our boy, Jay Bougie. Look what he's doing right now in independence. Mm-hmm. The day that he either gets signed, I'm just going to say it out there. Let's say he gets signed to Impact. He gets signed to AEW, goes mm-hmm. to NXT or straight to the main roster. He's going to be built and succeed in what he does just because of how he's building himself now. Right. Tiffany Nevis is going to be the same way. Our wonderful crazy death match killing couple brandon kirk and casey cattell they're going to be the same way you know it's just so dude do us a favor do your research before you just open up your mouth because it kind of makes you look stupid honestly i mean everybody that has these stupid crazy tweets i only think you think about it before you post it out there and also to to go off on your your cross thing, if they didn't think highly of him, in all honesty, if they did not feel that he was going to amount to anything, they would not have put him in the new open, uh, SmackDown opening. Him and Scarlett exactly. are both in it. So he was in he was in the last one, but they've actually changed it. The last one he was doing this, but um, Friday night I saw that they actually had the entrance part. So, and like I said, he. T- as much as a fan I am of him, I just, the words, he says, in due time. Things happen in due time. Cross, I get it. But what's your due time? But, you know, the more I think about it. Look, it's like a pregnancy. Nine months is nine months, but it could be a little bit later, you know? It'll pop out when it pops out. But, you know, but he's also, a lot of people don't understand. I hate that he does lose his matches all the time. But it's like, I've seen it on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I've seen it where this one person basically made a point. Everybody he faces loses something. What was his debut coming back in my hometown of Greenville, South Carolina on August in August of 2022? What happened? He turned the hourglass on Roman Reigns on the bloodline. Mm-hmm. What happened? It has crumbled out from beneath Roman like the Great Wall of China being shot down during World War II or whatever. I'm making a joke. Right. And, and you know, he's faced Nakamura. Nakamura's lost a championship match. AJ Styles lost his against Seth. It's just he has power over control. And, of course, according to him, it's all in the cards. So um, everybody has a spot in this. Everybody has, you know the power where they need to be and they are all building the character somehow, some way. So. Bro. Oh, Kayla, do you have anything? Bar is tweets. No. Um, you wanted to bring up something else though. Yes. Social media. Hi. I can tell that the green fucking Goblin 
by the name of fucking Jade Cargill is back because the hate comments and Chris Statlander are coming on the surface of the social media again. I don't remember the name, but the kid that said, oh, great, we're saved. Statlander can go back to being a nobody since Jay can take the title away. Okay. Stat deserves that title as much as Jay does. Even more. Stat actually deserves to be the AEW Women's Champion. Not Soraya. Not before Tony... Should have had it before Tony Storm. I'm okay with Britt Baker having it because Britt Baker was original. Anybody else that had it before her was original. Deserved it. But not before Soraya. Not before Tony Storm. So let Stat... Not necessarily break her 500 days or whatever she had. Let her hold it for a while. It's only been 109 some days. I cannot believe it's been that long since she's held that title. But let her run with it. She deserves it. And the little person that made the comment also that said, oh, Stat's going to lose her title because her best friend, Orange Cassidy, lost his. That don't mean nothing. And I'm going to say this. Yes, Mox is doing the open challenge. I'm glad that he's doing the open challenges. He's keeping that alive. Because that's what Orange did. But it, Stat deserves the run of her life as TBS champion, if not more. Just like Orange did with that title. And I'm going to address that. I did watch All Out. And... That, as much it hurt mom to see him lose, I, he, it was, he was going through it. And the moment he turned, the moment he flipped Mox off, I told mom, I said, this is it. He knows he has to give up. Mox is winning this title. I don't, I didn't predict for him to, uh, Mox to win because I was hoping and going from my heart because at all in, I did go with my heart. And guess what? My heart won, not my brain. So, um, I told mom, I said, this is his way of saying, fuck you, you've won, I'm done. And, you know, Mox won the title and came out as AEW International Champion. Um, and the fact the crowd was behind Orange so much and best friends and Stack came out and helped him back. And he looked at Stat and said, all right, I'm going to go lay down now. You know, it's just... And champion or not, he's going to be there every week, you know, supporting what he needs to do. Um, but people, stop with the hate comments. I mean, yes, I may talk trash about Jay Cargill, but have some respect towards Statlander, please. I don't care how much love or hate you hate somebody. Have respect for him. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to be a wrestler in the ring and someone come to you in respect. Because what would you do? I'm 100% sure that you would block them. Because if someone came to you the wrong way. Because I'm in your shoes. I have a few wrestlers that blocked me on Twitter because I basically stated them the facts of different things. Dominic Mysterio blocked me because I told him he d- couldn't win that title. Couldn't take the title away from Wesley on his own, which he couldn't. 
Um, Sammy Guevara blocked me because I called him out on the whole thing of the Sasha Banks issue we, years ago. Taya couldn't take it because I said I got tired of looking at her photos and I don't even follow her. So, you know, you ain't got to like somebody, but you can at least respect them. That's all I ask. I mean, everyone deserves their chance. Everybody deserves opportunity. Because the same people that complain about a certain thing, there's always the same people that complains because it didn't go the way it should be. And should, for example, let's say, oh, Roman Reigns needs to be champion again. And then when it happens, oh my God, they need to take the titles off of Roman Reigns. Like I saw the whole this one thing someone said, um, they need to take the titles off of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens get some new champions. Now that they did, they're bitching because they took it off of them. I mean, make up your mind. I, I get so tired of social media anymore. I don't even want to be on it. You just, and people wonder, and it's, you know, hate and bullying and stupid bullcrap anymore. So just show people respect and stop talking trash about stat. Because I'm pretty sure she'll, one big hit to, um, Saturday Night Fever, or in this case today, Sunday Night Fever, you'll be knocked out in a heartbeat. And no, Jade, go back to where you came from, because I ain't ready for you. And I hope that you get pinned again by the more than the woman, Chris Statlander. And <laughs> I mean, I've been blocked by Baron Corbin, but I, I think there's a, there's, something you need to think about and when it comes to like you know if you criticize somebody and they're in the ringling if they block you for that i'm sorry like if you're not like being mean or you're just you're going after their character not their person if you block them from that you are a soft ass bitch like i kept calling baron corbin you know mr olive garden Saying he was always late for his shift. And he blocked me. And I thought that was fucking hilarious because I wasn't making fun of him as a person. I was making fun of his character. And if there's anything I've learned from some of the old school guys, they want that. They feed off that. And the fact that if you can't take criticizing of your character... And the hate from your character, then don't be in that business. Don't don't want to be a heel. Don't want to be a bad guy because a lot of bad guys love that shit, love it. But it's like you know Dominic Mysterio talk about all these keyboard warriors and him blocking you, saying you can't win that title without help. All you did was criticize his character. And that's why I said I will have zero qualms looking him in the face calling him a baby back bitch. I did it to Seth Rollins. And then I said this bears suck to his face. It was funny. One person on Twitter said the best part of uh, football is back and he was referencing all the the tweets that Seth puts out during the football season. I saw something. It was a clip that Julia said his bear suck. Um, I saw a clip on there. Someone had yelled at yelled at Seth 
at a house show and it said, your bear suck, not as suck as your browns. Because he was, I guess the guy was wearing a brown shirt. So Seth called Betts, it's not as bad as your browns. <laughs> but hey, browns, last time I saw the bottom of the screen, browns was beating the Bengals. Yeah, I don't get that. I I, I, I don't know. Man, but it's like, I saw like, uh, I was watching a bunch of pregame stuff and everything. And I saw like Deshaun Watson on the screen. I just flipped him off and said, Fuck you, your Cleveland's problem now. <sighs> I swear, and it's like I turn on CBS uh, pregame stuff and JJ Watts on the pregame shows now and everything. Like within five minutes, I was like laughing about spitting up my coffee because of all the jokes he was making about cracking the quarterback's ribs and shit like that. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, boy. <laughs> oh. But ladies and gentlemen, if you know us three, we are very happy football's back in season. We were actually like either we were talking, we were discussing this in full, like before we started re- recording, bitching about this, happy about this, stuff like that. And I swear it's like Jolie hates my entire household right now. And it looks like possibly JJ watches, not JJ, TJ watches got a fumble recovery. Damn. Oh, Lord have mercy. <sighs> but this is like one of the, it's like you got the start of football season. Baseball season's wrapping up, so playoffs are going to start. And all three of our teams have a stake in it so far for baseball playoffs. And, uh, and of course, like in a month or so, you got ba- like month, like about a month, uh, you got basketball seasons to start back up again. So fall's a good time for sports. And hockey. And hockey, too. Mm-hmm. They do have hockey stake now. Why are you shaking your head, Jolie? Well, let's see. My hockey team is rebuilding, and I have no idea what's happening with my my basketball team. Besides, only basketball I prefer is college because they play with heart, not for money. That's true. I think that's why Deion Sanders prefers. Uh, I said he would said he wouldn't go to uh, coach the pros. I, I still don't like him. I don't care. Um, I mean. Technically, I'm just my teams are going against your 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 teams this week. So, it's a temporary thing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a one week thing, and uh, I mean, unfortunately, this does mean once football season starts, home games make us go later or do double episodes when I have a weekend off. Ugh. Our lovely recording schedule. And then there's going to be that one weekend where there will be no recording. But I mean, when you have to work WrestleMania, you you can understand no recording. (laughs) Um, But, you know, with college football, I love college football. I can't wait for the first whiteout of Penn State. I watched them completely annihilate. And when I say annihilate, I mean like it was 63 to 7. Delaware, uh, University of Delaware, which I love because Joe Flacco from the Baltimore Ravens played there. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like they got annihilated. And then this, the college that's by me down here got annihilated by Army. It's like, ugh. And then I think my most favorite thing was last night even though i'm not a texas fan at all i hate the state of texas sorry cat 
Uh, but uh, watching Alabama lose was amazing. And um, yeah. I, I know you are a Clemson fan, Kayla, but watching Duke beat them and seeing their reaction was just so amazing. And, you know, you love it when underdogs win. And, you know, Clemson's going to bounce back from this. They always do. Yeah. So it it was it was just amazing to watch that. And yeah, it's a good time, you know. And I'm also going to put this out here right now. Apple is a superior smell for fall. Fuck off with your pumpkin spice bullshit. That is all. Ah. <sighs> uh, uh-oh. Panthers are blowing the game. One thing they can't get together, they get these damn freaking penalties against them. Uh, like, jeez, right when you start getting a good thing going, you penalties. We got 11 minutes and 42 seconds left in the game, and Falcons is winning 17-10. Oh, man. How's Bryce doing, at least? So-so. Eh. Oh, son of a bitch. Did he just throw another interception? Oh, man. Nope, he just I mean, got sacked. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like uh, my rook's doing okay, could be doing better. Uh, but yeah, we don't have an offense. Besides a couple of field goals, we don't have anything on offense. Uh, offensive scores as of yet. So hopefully he's getting these uh, jitters worked out now. All right, Kayla, any final thoughts? She does have one, but she's clearing her mouth real quick. So I'll let Jolie go. Nah, go birds. Um, Actually, we are recording this on September 10th. And tomorrow, Monday is September 11th. Um, All of us who huh, are born before 1995 know what that fucking event meant to this world, to the world, to this country. Mm-hmm. Um. My thought, my thoughts are with everybody that is uh, suffering uh, in in loss in memory of that time, especially Zelina Vega, who honored her father, and uh, with the those awesome shoes. Oh yeah, those were fire! And the those fact that her aunt took a picture of when she pinned B Fab this weekend in Nassau, and it was at nine eleven. So, so she was referencing too. Ugh. So that was kind of cool. That was her dad saying hello. Um, so you know, and uh, they're just thinking about all the the firefighters that are still suffering or are suffering from, uh, unfortunately, the carcinogens that were within that tower that have actually killed a lot more of them and made a lot more sick since the collapse of the tower and the residents that are affected by it. Um, And also, uh, I feel for my old hometown of Chester County, Kennett Square, Unionville, Phoenixville are dealing with an escaped convict. Um, Hopefully they catch him. Uh, I I honestly don't know how they are because dude is five foot nothing. He can spider walk and do parkour out of a prison. So, yay. But other than that, go birds. All right, Kayla. Honestly, um, yeah, she's right. Do remember um, 9-11 um, for all those who lost their lives in 
for the ones that are still, you know, remembering the ones that they did lose. Um, however, um, this is being recorded on Sunday, won't drop until Tuesday, but I do want to announce, um, I put this on the Instagram um, but the Carolina boss lady is starting a new adventure. She's still going to be part of the podcast. So there are people like, Oh no, don't leave. Um, but tonight is the debut 8 PM Eastern time today of a show called outrage control. It's going to be a little bit of everything. Just basically what's on our chest. Um, it's will be on YouTube live, will be on Facebook live. So, um, basically every Sunday, it really, right now it's going to be 8 PM because I'm recording here at two. Um, it's basically just based on our schedule. So we turned it in. It's going to be, I said, subject to change. Time subject to change. So, um, but tonight, looking forward to it. Um, like I said, this won't drop until Tuesday. So Sunday, look out for the new stream of Outrage Control. And my co-host is Dan from the Bump Boys. So this ought to be interesting. Um, but no. I think we got it. I mean, we do streams and stuff all the time on the Fanatics Network, so it's, I think we got it, and they've got me on my comfort zone, which I never thought, but hey, in a little hint, a um, little tip, y'all that listens to us, don't worry. You'll be seeing our lovely faces, the Queen's Takeover live stream real soon, so. Yeah. Well, not as soon as you think, because we're not going to use one platform. We're using at least two platforms. Um, but the one platform that we need to go live, we need 1,000 followers. So in the next couple weeks, I will get that page up and running. We will link it out. And once we get to 1,000 followers, 1,000 subscribers, whatever you call it, um, we will be able to start going live. What I will probably start doing is maybe posting up all of our old podcasts up there, audio only, um, because I kind of deleted all the old videos. Oh. What they, str- stream are you talking about? YouTube, you need to have a thousand followers to go live. You come on the Fanatics Network, everybody's podcast is going to be on their stream yard. Everything is going to be set up, linked to YouTube, everything that you need to. And the audio would be dropped down into where it needs to go. Everything would be set up. Okay, but I still want our own YouTube channel. You still need to, for you to go, to go live on YouTube, you still need to have a thousand followers. So I want that as well. Okay, well, this is all technical stuff we can get into later and everything. But yeah, no, it's like, um, but yeah, the goal, it's like, we will be going live eventually. So you will be seeing these lovely faces all the time. And yeah. Oh, Kayla, I caught the live stream last night. Congratulations on the rebrand and everything. It's like, and so it's like, you guys look like y'all are ready to start that new era with the fanatics, formerly known as bloodline um, network and everything. So it's like, I just wanted to say congratulations to y'all. Thank you. I mean, we're really excited. And like I said, um, new things are coming for it. Um, and like I said, eventually, um, the process is just sitting down with them, you know, Tim and Nick. Um, like I said, Nick's not Nick. Um, Tim's already told me that um, you guys, I'll have to send the link. You guys are more than welcome to come ahead and come into the Slack, get to know everybody, get into the Discord and just different things. Um, 
so I'm in the process of setting it back up. So yes, um, that's basically it. So I mean, it's it's let's just I'm not going to go into great detail, but let's just say the feel good vibe is back. It's back. <laughs> On that note, that's all we have for this episode of the Queen's Takeover. Thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next time as the takeover continues. Y'all have a good one.